Sick of being stuck in the third dimension? Want to explore all the time stream has to offer? Well, you are just on time. This is episode Minutemen. Good evening, or afternoon, or morning, depending on where you are in the time stream, fellow chrononauts. I'm your pilot, Robbie. And I'm your pilot, Michael. And today we are talking about our first film, Minutemen, the Disney Channel original film uh, directed by one uh, Lev L. Spiro. Yeah, not a name I've heard before. Not a name I think any of us will have heard given the fact that this is a Disney Channel original film. <laughs> you never know. Maybe one day they'll get a big director for one of them. Yeah, sure, that'll happen. But, yeah, it was a surprisingly good. Surprisingly good. Plenty of quirks and holes, most of which do not come from the time travel, but from the fact that this is a uh, high school comedy flick. Yes, I definitely agree. I was pleasantly surprised with the time travel aspect of the film. And it definitely was one of the better Disney Channel originals I've watched. You make a habit of watching Disney Channel original films, do you? No, not at all. That was a real quick response on that. I don't think you're telling the truth here, Michael. No, no, no. I don't like Disney Channel movies. They're, they're, no, 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 no. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't like them. They're just so heartwarming and, and sincere and... And hey. and that's you. That's what you sound like in your brain right now. No, no, that's not. Uh, you know, let me. Uh, l- let's move on to the summary. Let's move on to the summary, okay? Let me tell you about. All right. Let all me right. tell you about men. T- tell me the story. Let me tell you about Minutemen. So we start off with three friends starting high school named Virgil, Derek, and Stephanie. After an early embarrassing in this in- incident regarding a young genius named Charlie. Virgil and Charlie are outcast while Derek and Stephanie become a high-status couple. Virgil, who is stuck with Charlie and some other nerds, decides to help Charlie make a time machine. They recruit a quiet boy named Zeke to accomplish the engineering aspect of this, and they decide, and they're on their way. Uh, Virgil decides he wants to use this time machine for personal gain, but after this fails, the three decide to use their time machine to prevent bullying from happening and other bad things. After realizing that messing with time causes physical and social harm to their environment, they decide to stop time traveling. Virgil is hesitant to give up this power, however, because he wants to he wants to gain a higher social status. But after saving the world from a black hole they created, an emotional moment with Charlie and Virgil makes him understand that he is just he's gonna be fine just where he is, and he's got some pretty good friends. And that's about where the movie closes off. And uh, I guess where we need to close off too, right? It's it's Minute Men. We should have had a minute-long podcast on this, and we're way over time. Yeah, unfortunate. You know, I like quick podcasts. So, <laughs> would have been nice to keep yeah, under a minute. digestible in under a minute. Yeah. You know, with the stretching and squashing of uh, existing in the time stream, I, I think we're good. This could pass by as just a single minute if you're uh, properly navigating and calibrating your flux capacitors. Very true. Now, that's if you manage to pilot one uh, right for once. 
uh, hey, look, just because we ended up in the Cretaceous period last week doesn't mean you have to keep getting on my case about it, Michael. And you claim you wanted to go there. Well, stop being so dinosaur about what happened and move on. Oh, man. We need to we need to get over the puns, dude. We need to get over them. They hurt. The audience don't like that. I could already tell. Oh, yeah. Uh, the audience seems to love it. Uh, I, I don't have any indication that they do right now, but I would hope that they love it. I'm pretty sure they won't. And if not, I'll just go back and correct the time stream so that everyone properly appreciates puns. Huh. Fair enough. Maybe one day we'll find a time stream where you don't make puns. <laughs> Unlikely scenario. Figured. But on the note of things that are both uh, that are likable and dislikable, uh, I enjoyed this film. And yeah, I did too. You know, like I stated earlier, definitely one of the better things Disney Channel's made for a movie or even a show. Much of anything, really. Uh, yeah, it was it was surprisingly you know, fun and lighthearted, and and it got a lot of time travel, at least right by its own rules. It stayed fairly consistent. It made a lot of sense. It was good. It was it was really solid time travel. Yeah, and it wasn't you know, I couldn't think of like game breaking changes that happened in the movie or ways that the characters were being stupid. You know, they were pretty things were pretty appropriate. They tried to become, you know, overpowered and get tons of money, and it didn't work. So they tried other things after that. It flowed very well. Yeah, they. It's funny. Uh, I was watching this with my girlfriend because she has a great deal of nostalgia for this film, and uh, she was like, "How are they going to buy a lottery ticket when they're under twenty-one? And their solution to that was the they try to get a um, a, a street actor who's playing like a robot person to buy the ticket for them and then when they come back the the character who is reported by the news that his name is Robot Man is his real actual <laughs> name not just his stage name yep uh, won the lottery and is taking all the credit for himself yeah that was pretty funny throughout the whole movie Robot Man never gives up his uh his robot gig his that, persona yeah. yeah he is very dedicated I, I, I can only we can only assume then that he is an actual robot yes I have to admit, he had moves like a robot. He really did. I wish I could move like that. Uh, he was dressed in all silver, and he moved in very robotic ways. And he's also painted himself chrome. <laughs> or is that really his skin? <sighs> we'll never know. Yeah. Maybe it's best that way. But yeah, what did... Yeah, uh, I mean, there is precedence for time-traveling robots. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we'll hit some... Oh, <laughs> there, there is a big title, yes, for time-traveling robots. We'll get there. Yeah. Uh, as for the time travel in this film, the way it works is they explain that they're time traveling on a beam of light and then kind of hijacking uh, the photon's quantum mechanics because, you know, a, a photon is both a wave and a particle. And they somehow that causes them to be able to time travel backwards. But they can only go back about 48 hours is their general limit. And they can only be back for about half an hour before they're thrust back into the, the present. Yup, and the movie did a good job staying consistent with those rules. And those rules did a good job binding them and making them not too overpowered. Yeah, yeah. And it it was, you know, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Uh, 
they there was so they always changed the time stream right to to make it better for the the bullied and the downtrodden and so the time stream changes so no one remembers the old time except for them but their assistant Jeanette who operates the time machine from the other side always seems to remember the old time stream even though she's not the one going back in time yeah, this was addressed once to my knowledge when she held a newspaper and saw the ink change on it before her eyes, so she was able to confirm that something changed. So just, I guess, her understanding of knowing they're trying to change something than seeing it change. But uh, I guess, I guess. And they never they never run into their past selves, which is something I, I would yeah. think would have happened. Yeah, we're not very... It's never made but, clear whether they... Yeah, how this works, and... No, actually, yeah, there is a scene where we should know that their past selves exist because they go back and they still see that little rocket car that Charlie made driving around. So he yeah, had to so be piloting it. Th- the only time they go, yeah, the only time they go back farther than forty-eight hours is at the very end of the film when they use the black hole giant time portal to go all the way back to that extremely bad incident in freshman year on the first day, and they see their past selves happening so i can only assume that they always know they'll their past selves are around yeah they just have to be very careful to not run into them although oddly the way they find these situations is by just observing them and then deciding to go back and fix them so they're basically their old selves had to be around in almost every situation but you know what i guess they figured it out maybe it was the goofy outfit which was a uh a snow coat, a white snow coat with some goggles. Yeah, the, the snowsuit guys. <laughs> yep, the snowsuit guys. It de- it definitely borrows that trope that I'm pretty. It has to be a trope, as far as I know, of teenage superheroes trying to go by their cool name, but then everyone always calls them the wrong name. Like Danny Phantom always gets called Invisobill. <laughs> yeah, that kind of stuff is. I think that's definitely a common trope. I've seen it before, too. I can't quite put my finger on a specific example, but I've definitely seen it around. Uh, but the snowsuits, the reason they have the snowsuits is because it's supposedly very, very cold during the actual time traveling itself. And uh, my girlfriend actually had a good point, which is like, maybe the reason it's so cold is because they go through space. And what I mean by that is, if we're going to be completely honest with ourselves, listeners, there have been probably tons of time travelers. They're all dead. And the reason all time travelers that have ever tried are dead right now is because when you go back in time, you're not going back in space. And because of how the universe expands and the Earth goes around the sun, the Earth is never, ever in the same place twice. Ever. Yep. So if you were to go back in time, you would just be in the middle of space, freezing and dying. Yeah, we are. (laughs) I've always heard that thing. We're moving at millions of miles an hour and we don't even know it because... We're on this tiny little earth and everything moves relative with us. But yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure yeah, that's the that's the one of all the time travel media that has ever been produced and how all the paradoxes have been explored and everything. The only thing that I think no one has explored and no one can explore because otherwise you break the trope or you you break the, the device is you you can't go back in space as well. Or at least it'd be impossible to do those calculations to get back to where the Earth was 60 million years ago or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) So maybe time travel will never be possible in reality. Well, I mean, aside from what we're doing. (laughs) Yeah, of course, of course, yes. 
So we come to you from the far off future of. <laughs> yes. It's great here in. Yeah, sorry, a uh, bit a bit of time distortion on our audio there uh, can't can't be fixed. Sorry about that, folks. Yeah, hey, you should be lucky we're uh, giving you this podcast through space and time. We don't have to. Yeah, it's it's very difficult to send this uh this this uh journal back to you guys. Yeah, but you better appreciate it. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, what about what about the other aspect of this movie? So we had that you know that's our science part. Now what about the uh, the high school drama bit? What'd you think of that? Uh, the, the high school drama is very much a high school comedy movie in that I'm pretty sure none of the writers have been to high school, like, ever. There's a lot of weird things in here. Even though they filmed it at an actual high school. They filmed it at a uh, Murray High School out in Utah. It's the same school they used for a uh, few portions of the high school musical movies. Yeah, I have to respect that, you know, budget-wise. I thought it looked great. They had a lot of nice shots of the school. Everything seemed very legit. In terms of the setting, they had a nice giant statue of a ram. Yeah, I mean, those shots felt kind of forced to me. You know, like they rammed him in there. Yeah. Uh, Feeling a little sheepish over there, Michael? Yes, it's worse. It's worse the second time. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we've we've lived through this before. We're in a bit of a time loop right now. And totally not had to re-record our podcast. Yeah. Oh, behind the scenes. I love you. Okay. So, yeah, good setting. And also, um, a random little thing on the quick topic of seeing visuals. I like the the special effects too. They were, you know, looking at them. They're definitely aged, and they're not as you know high quality as what we see today. But they were they were pretty cool, like the uh, time machine vortex and all that. It was yeah, it was decent. It was passable. It was good for the time. Yeah, it was decent enough now. Yeah, it's uh, it's cool to see uh, small stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But yes, the high school drama. But, but yeah, going back to the high school, the high school drama is so nonsensical. Uh, like the, it, we, me and Michael went to the same high school, and to my knowledge, there's no time where you can get naked at a high school, because the the kickoff incident that causes them to decide to become Minutemen is one of the nerds gets his clothes stolen by the bullies, and then he has to run outside of the locker rooms naked to go and retrieve his clothing. I've never ever been naked at high school, even in the gym room. When we changed, you you only changed the gym clothes. You never got a hundred percent naked. There were no operational showers. Yeah, and even if a high school did have a shower, I'm pretty sure that no kid would be crazy enough to use them, even after a pretty bad day of physical education. Or at least not crazy enough to go buck ass nude. <laughs> yeah, maybe bring a bathing suit or something. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of running out with a towel in search of your clothing. Yeah. Yeah, which is clearly the only solution to that. It's not like there's usually a lost and found in most gym departments and you can steal clothes from that. <laughs> yeah, right. And the bullying actions, too, the way bullying is handled, it's very old-timey. What, exac- what Exactly what you would expect from a Disney Channel show where everyone laughs along, uh, no one tries to help the poor sucker getting bullied. The jock is always in favor here. No one cares otherwise. Everyone's a bunch of jerks. I've just never seen it that way. Obviously, I've only been to one high school before and experienced one high school life, but never experienced anything even remotely close to that. In fact, when people got bullied at our high school, 
usually the people who did the bullying would get bullied way harder uh, than that bully had done to whatever poor kid he bullied. If that made any sense. Um, <laughs> yeah, mob, mob justice is, is such a capricious thing. Yeah, no mob justice in this film. You are either a nerd or someone with absolutely no, uh, no, no social standing. Yeah. yeah, it's it's weird because the this high school seems to have a very long lived social knowledge because uh, the first day of freshman year, Virgil and Charlie get hung up on the Ram statue, and they are not allowed to live that down for the rest of their high school times, including this film, which is in their junior year. So for three years, nobody forgets that incident. But at the same time, whenever the Minutemen go back and make the nerds not suffer, the nerds then become bullies themselves. And they just, like, get to completely flip the social status on its head in two months. Two months is the time frame of this film. So how can a a social student body that has such a long memory of things also consistently flip itself in a very short time frame? Yeah, these jocks were so fearful at the fact that these nerds were getting help from time travelers and were apparently so lucky because they didn't realize the time traveler was happening. That fear was so much that the nerds turned into the bullies and the jocks were living their lives in fear. It was uh, <laughs> interesting, an interesting 180. Yeah. But on the note of the nerds becoming bullies, yeah, it happened a little fast for like a realistic scenario. But at least in the film, it made the time travel better because it allowed you to see how they're changing the timeline and how it's consistently different and because of them. Like, for example, uh, the, the thing that tempts Virgil to use time travel, even though they know it's dangerous at that point in the film, is the girl he's interested in, uh, she breaks her leg because she falls from a cheerleading pyramid. And the reason she falls from the cheerleading pyramid is because of a guy named Herbert... Uh, who they helped earlier, caused that pyramid to fall. So they were kind of the cause of the incident uh, because of their time traveling, which I found very, very good and holistic of the filmmakers to do. It was very high quality, which I can't believe I just said about a Disney Channel film, was that it was high quality. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I appreciate that level of detail. It helps it circle back very well, and that's one of the morals of time travel. Like, you know, you mess with one thing, you ruin another, and that all ends up on your conscious and you end up trying to fix things over and over and over and keep causing more of your own problems. And it's a, you know, a fun little reminder that maybe time travel ain't worth it. I mean, it's pretty worth it. I've, I've had some fun with it thus far. Yeah. Sometimes a little too much fun. Look, we are not going to talk about the Roman incident three months ago. That Bacchanal was strictly under wraps. Or lack of wraps. But we're not talking about it. Mm. Yeah. I admit it was pretty funny. Yeah. I got pictures of you too. So don't think you've got anything on me. Uh, let's uh let's move on. Before anything gets leaked. Uh <laughs> on the note of on the note of leaks then, uh so the way that Charlie gets his One of the things I had issue with in the film was not only is the high school generally incompetent, so is NASA. Because apparently NASA were the people who did uh, time travel research long, long ago, and it never went anywhere. Because Charlie, once he figures out how to do most of time travel, but he's missing one specific part of the formula, 
What does he do? He hacks NASA to get that last bit of research. All right, fine. But the way NASA knows he did it was they know he did it from a school computer. So you're telling me this hacker kid who's super smart doesn't know to hide his own IP address? Yeah, kid hacked NASA, but uh, didn't have quite enough common sense. <laughs> and I will grant that they did have, when when the they were ready to seize the boys when they had evidence, the NASA people called the FBI. So it's like, oh, okay, they're not having just NASA has their own army of, you know, law enforcement. That makes sense. But at the same time, before they call the FBI, NASA, apparently, it has to be NASA, because they haven't called FBI yet, has a bunch of people tailing the boys throughout town. Yeah, they look like uh, Matrix men with their dark shades and suits, trailing them everywhere. Yeah, I didn't know that NASA had just, you know, tailing agents all around, but I guess I have to watch out for NASA now. Yeah, yeah. You think the satellites and stuff they shoot up in the sky would be enough? Yeah. You think the NSA is bad? It's the NASA you really got to watch out oh, for. Wow. Good one. Thank you. And yeah, on a similar note to government-related things, the government also decides to uh, let the kids figure out how to deal with the black hole. And let's, you know, they let a 14-year-old boy lead everything and determine how to fix everything. Because, wow, that kid is just that much of a genius. And these, you know, all these kids have that much, you know, they're the most experienced with time travel, so they got to handle it all, even though some of these people can't even get over their social status. But you know what? It works out. Now, to be fair, the NASA people are pretty incapable because they didn't carry four decimals. They didn't realize that a black hole was forming, Oh yeah. which I'm pretty sure that's not how math works. I'm pretty sure that's not how math works, but, you know, I'll, I, I can sell that that's part of their incapability of, of being human. Yeah. I've realized now why I forgot that line, and the reason is it made me uh, cringe <laughs> when I first heard it. Some 14-year-old boy telling NASA they forgot to carry four decimals, and that that's the reason why none of them figured out that a black hole would be caused by this. It, <laughs> yeah. Pay attention to math, folks. Four decimals may be the difference between a black hole and some just small minor anomaly that's not a big deal. Yeah, oops, I spilled some milk or a black hole, you know. It could could be one or the other. Yeah. <laughs> Pay attention in math. Math is important, kids. Stay in school. But for all that gets wrong with black holes, like how their black hole inches along in its expansion and everybody just walks up to the edge of it and it doesn't instantly like consume everyone it just slowly inches along and everyone backs up slowly in fear yeah, no one runs away no one uh no one freaks out or values their life enough they're just gazing in awe at this black hole yeah it's 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 only after like a solid minute of everyone gawking at the thing that the the agents of the FBI and stuff were actually like oh shit there's public here we got to we got to take care of them uh, everyone back up please for your own safety yeah don't even leave just back up a little mhm mhm even though if a black hole that size did manifest it would consume the earth nearly instantaneously yeah in fact this one consumed but none yeah. of the earth but eh, that's okay yeah, it was just basically a big time portal was all it really was. It wasn't really a black hole. Yeah. But, hey, at least they got their time travel fairly right, even if they uh, didn't quite pass physics. Yeah, you know, it's okay, too. Some of the uh, some of the emotional stuff at the end was uh, 
good enough. You know, I almost cried when little Charlie was telling Virgil how he made his uh, high school worth it and all that. And, you know, a little teary-eyed. Yeah, this movie got some genuine emotion out of me, too. Like, I, I genuinely laughed at a couple of their jokes, which I did not expect. Yeah. It... For all of it, for all of its being very, very much of the times that it was made in, uh, like some of their slang was like, uh, you got a bat in the cave, dude, or uh, you're being such a weenie. It's like, oh, this is so painfully late 2000s. Yeah. Yeah, weenie, huh? Or, or, or the the teacher who at the beginning of the film says, please pay attention to my lecture. Quit doing your nails. It's like, oh, oh, you poor summer child. You don't know what smartphones are yet. Yeah. I know. Man, I'm at, oh. it's hard to imagine sometimes. Yeah. yeah, given how prevalent they became. Yeah. Of course, they were then replaced by uh, data chip implants, but you guys don't know about that yet. Yeah. Uh be uh, real careful with those things. Yeah, especially when you start introducing uh, what was it, my ties specifically? And, and never mind, you'll you'll figure it out. It's fine. Yeah, we believe in you. Don't uh, put anything in your head that we have to. You, yeah, just because your friend puts a weird chip in their head doesn't mean you have to put a weird chip in your head. Do your research. So, final verdict. Final verdict. Do do you recommend this film to the dear listeners at home? You know what? If you, I say, watch this one with friends to get to get the maximum, uh, to get to get the most out of it. You might feel a little embarrassed if you watch this one alone, and we're you know, then yeah, it's not something to brag about exactly. Yeah, that's why uh, Michael is so ashamed to admit that he watches Disney Channel movies alone on the reg. No, no, only I only watch them sarcastically with friends it's only just to make fun of them and to acknowledge how silly they are purely i have i i I get nothing out of this i don't like the movies that much Mm -hmm. says the man who almost cried at it I, i was kidding i was kidding i was kidding sure sure you are michael uh, I'd have to give this film a, a recommend, much like with Michael. I watched this with someone else, and I, it was more fun because of it. So, yeah, if you're looking to kill, uh, like, a couple hours and you just want something goofy, it, this is good. This is good. It's a good way to pass the time. Yep, I could say that. Lighthearted. Sometimes we don't need something serious. Sometimes we need something to laugh. Something a little more lighthearted. Yeah. All right, well, with that, I think Michael and I are about to be late for an appointment uh, back in the year 1846, so we better get going. We will see you all next week. Yes, we will. All righty. And don't worry, we will always be just on time. If you've enjoyed what you've listened to this week, please subscribe to the show. We'll have episodes weekly, and links to all of our social medias are in the description. See you next time.